0: Have you ever seen the anyone commercials? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, anyone can buy a car here. You know, anybody can get a special deal, get a loan in 10 minutes or less. Anybody, you know, free financing. Walk out of here with a free cell phone. Anyone can do that. I mean, you seen those commercials? I mean, when, when they're on, there's usually little bitty writing at the very bottom of the screen, and it's actually so small you can't read it. But the print is there because they're clarifying things. Anyone really means people that can pass their credit check. Anyone really means someone that meets their specific criteria. You know, anyone means those that measure up to whatever it is that they're wanting them to measure up to. Anyone doesn't really mean anyone. So when people say anyone's welcome, anybody can cash in on this deal, what they mean is not anyone. There's a catch with it. Jesus one day, he said, Luke 9, it's recorded. Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Jesus is speaking to a large crowd. And he, and he makes this uh, invitation to potential followers. And he invites Anyone. Anyone's welcome. And I think that the crowd was something like what we are today. They hear him say anyone, and immediately it's just an automatic response. What's the catch? What's the catch here? They're looking for the small print the the hidden requirements, the stipulations, the restrictions that are going to be on this invite. Jesus says, anyone now, I'm gonna guess that the crowd would have looked at his disciples, and they were kind of a motley crew by the way, and they go, I think he means anyone. Look at these guys. Jesus was a rabbi. He was uh, homeless, basically, because he, he just traveled around. And Jesus' style was a bit unconventional, but Jesus was a rabbi. That's something we've got to get our minds around this morning. The fact is, rabbi was a, a teacher of God's word, a teacher of the Old Testament. They had extensive knowledge of the Torah, which is basically the first five books of the Bible. They also knew all the prophets. And so the rabbi had this group uh, that specifically followed them, known as the, the Talmud. And so these are the disciples, the, the students of a rabbi. And so basically, the, the rabbi would have this group of, of students, group of disciples, that would follow them. And this was an elite group. It was extremely exclusive. And many, especially Jewish men, young boys actually, would attempt to become students of a rabbi. Lots of them, in fact all of them, would have went for that. But very few of them would have succeeded. In other words, most of them didn't make the cut. They couldn't get in. And so what would happen when they didn't make the cut, they'd go to trade school at that point. They would uh, follow the family business, you know. They'd become carpenters and fishermen and farmers, maybe masons. But it was the fallback position, all right? So what would happen is people wanted to become a a student of a rabbi, become the the Talmud, uh, that of a specific rabbi. There was an application process. It was exceptionally difficult to to make it through. The prerequisites, think mountainous, this bar is set really high. And so it would have been kind of like uh, applying to Harvard today, you know, one of the elite colleges. The the requirements are really high, aren't they, to get into Harvard. If you want in, you've got to have like a 4.0, 32 on your ACT, 1600 SAT, and you still might not get in with that. But without those kind of stats, you will not get in. You will not make the cut. Well, that's how it was for people wanting to follow a rabbi. They had that kind of competition for acceptance to, to become a student uh, of a rabbi. They, they, they had to have extreme knowledge uh, of scripture. In fact, they could recite the Torah from memory. I want you to think about that for a minute. This is the first five books of the Bible. Matthew. Well, okay, we'll back up a little. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Memorized. Think about that. And not only was it memorized, but they could answer questions really quick. On, on anything in those books. You, you need to think, how many of you play Trivial Pursuit? How many of you play that? Okay, this is Trivial Pursuit on steroids is what they would have to deal with. Because the, the rabbi is testing them, would say, what does Yahweh mean? And so they would tell him, and then they, he'd go, how many times does the word Yahweh appear in the book of Exodus? And they had to be able to tell. And then, He would say, now cite all the verses in which Yahweh appears. And so they'd have to name it. We're talking a very, very tough application process. Excellent students are the only ones that got in. The excellence of the students reflected the rabbi. I want you to think about it this way. Harvard, prestigious school, right? Why is it so prestigious? Well, they've got a good education program. But it's also prestigious because very few people can get in. If you could get in, if anybody could get into Harvard, we wouldn't be talking about them right now. That's what we're talking about. The rabbi would set the bar high so that he would attract the most brilliant students. It was an exclusive group. And because... It was exclusive because they got the best of the best of the best. The rabbi would gain stature, would gain respect. So so people are gathering to hear Jesus. They're gathering to hear this new rabbi. And they're assessing the disciples. And I'm going to guess they were confused. Remember, the, the students, the disciples, reflected the rabbi. And so they're assessing Jesus' disciples. Can you picture? Are you kidding me? They're a bunch of nobodies. Those two guys, they used to be fishermen. I know that guy. He's one of the disciples. You're kidding me. He is a political hothead. He has serious problems. And now he's, he's following Jesus. Jesus comes along and rocks the system. I mean, he changes the criteria. He invites anyone. And I'm going to guess that when the crowd heard that, I bet they were turning to one another going, does he, does he really mean anyone? Surely he doesn't mean me. I mean, my life's a mess. Yeah, but he said anyone. But, but, but I'm dishonest. Jesus has said anyone. I'm an addict. Divorced. Had a few affairs. I, I, I don't think he means me. He said anyone. I'm abusive. I'm a hooker. I'm a robber. He said, anyone. Friends, when Jesus made that invitation, he was making it crystal clear to that audience and to us that the invitation's for anyone. Anyone. No longer an invitation just for the morally upright. No longer an invitation for the spiritually elite, for the well-versed, the educated. He throws the invitation wide open. And word hit the street about this new rabbi. This new rabbi that accepted people at random. It created buzz on the street. People go, this is different. I mean, I think initially the crowd was probably shocked. And then I think it probably ignited something. Some deep passion in them. The idea that they could come and learn from this rabbi. That that anyone, anyone could follow him. I think it got them thinking. Got people thinking about it. You know, they started entertaining the possibilities. People in the crowd that had given up on their dreams of ever following a rabbi, ever becoming a student, they started hoping again. Jesus was inviting anyone. And friends, anyone means everyone. You know, it's something that I think we struggle with in in churches today. Too too many churches struggle with an open invitation. You know, anyone means everyone is welcome. I mean, we, we really prefer kind of a prerequisite, kind of a uh, standard of acceptance. In fact, what happens most of the time is we start thinking about sameness, and it morphs into a standard all of a sudden. One day if you're not careful, it becomes a qualification. Anyone doesn't mean anyone anymore. Becomes anyone's welcome and then in large print, just fit in and look like us. In fact, I I would argue that familiarity can become a standard in the church. The, The fact is, We don't like change. We don't like change. Sameness. Look like me, talk like me, dress like me. It's comfortable, isn't it? It's real easy to get standoffish, to get clickish almost. I know you. I'm comfortable with you. I don't know you. And I really don't care to know you. I have plenty of friends, plenty of acquaintances. I'm just going to stay here in my comfort zone. I'm just going to stay here. And friends, I want to say, get out of your comfort zone. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to walk across the room like we talked about in the voice series you've got to get up from the table where you're surrounded by family and friends, and you've got to extend yourself because God's people live the invitation. They live it everywhere they go. They live it in a way that makes a difference. Jesus knew that we would struggle with anyone, that we would struggle with that idea. And I think Jesus was hammering. He was reminding that there are no... Qualifications. There are no prerequisites. There are no application processes. You know, that's why we're always continually protecting this at Faith Fellowship. Because anyone means everyone. Come as you are. No dress code, no moral code, no political code, no unwritten code. And I know as I say that, there's someone's going, but, but, Pastor, what about? No. Anyone means anyone. Period. No ifs, ands, buts. Jesus made the offer and says, anyone. And he meant everyone. You now, one day, Jesus is traveling. He spots a guy by the name of Levi. Now, we all know Levi is Matthew, beloved Matthew. But Levi was a hated tax collector. He collected excessive, unfair taxes for the Roman government that was hated. And Levi was a dishonest tax collector. In other words, he extorted extra money and he pocketed it. And everybody in the community knew it about him. Everybody knew it. Scripture says... Jesus walked along. He saw a tax collector, Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in his office. Jesus said to him, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. I want you to think for a moment. Can you imagine when the crowd heard Jesus invite Levi, this hated tax collector, to follow I think it created a ruckus. I think the crowd couldn't believe it. You know, they're in shock. Jesus, Jesus just asked Levi to follow him? That guy's the most hated guy in our community. And I bet the disciples, they got revved up. Peter, Peter, come here. here." I think Jesus just asked that tax collector to follow. Oh, you're joking. No, he called him. What, what was Jesus thinking? Well, he's not like us. He, he can't be trusted. I'm going to keep my eye on him. I mean, he may be one of us now. But I don't have to like it. In scripture goes on. It says that Jesus went that evening, and he was eating dinner with Levi. He's at Levi's house, at Matthew's house, okay? Matthew and Levi, same person. The room is full of Levi's friends. These are Matthew's friends. They're tax collectors. They're notorious sinners. Hookers. Robbers. Thieves. The religious people. They start questioning this whole open invitation thing. Pharisees are asking Jesus' disciples, Why is Jesus eating with these sinners? Like the Good News translation says, Why is Jesus eating with the scum? It's repulsive. Jesus was always being questioned about it. Always being critiqued about meeting people where they were at. But friends, Jesus was tearing down walls. Jesus' invitation was grace-filled. Jesus said, anyone... Not only was he getting rid of qualifications here, but he got rid of the excuses. Because if there are no qualifications for following well, then you don't have an excuse for not following. When Jesus invited anyone to follow, not only was he breaking down that that wall so that people could connect with God and learn more about God, but he was eliminating all of their excuses that they'd had, all the excuses that they had been hiding behind of why they weren't following, you know, the fact is, I imagine that the crowd had a pile of excuses. Reasons why they weren't following a rabbi. Well, I'm not following. I just, I wasn't a good test taker. <laughs> rabbi asked me a question. I knew, I knew the answer, but I just I just froze. That's why I made a few mistakes. I was young, I was stupid, I was running with the wrong crowd. That's why I'm not following. I made a really bad choice. And it cost me dearly. I just wasn't thinking. And the list of excuses got longer as time goes on. You ever figure that out? Whatever it is you excuse, as time goes on, it just gets longer and longer and longer. Somehow, I think we try and convince ourselves why something wasn't possible. And the fact is, regret just keeps growing. I'm going to guess there were people in that crowd that their regret was so big that it was just numbing. I'm going to guess that some, they'd hit a point in their life where they go, you know, even if I wanted to follow, it's too late. It's just too late. I have too much baggage. I've got too much stuff. I can't follow. See, they're trying to convince themselves. Trying to convince themselves that being passed over Maybe it wasn't a big deal. But it was. So now you got these tradesmen. No more excuses. No more excuses for not following. Now now these guys that couldn't make the cut, these guys that had dropped out of school, and we're fishing and doing carpentry work and stuff. All of a sudden, they couldn't blame their past anymore. Couldn't blame it on freezing up on a test. Couldn't blame it on not having what it takes to make the cut. We all have excuses, don't we, in life? I mean, we all have excuses why we do what we do. Or why we don't do what we should do. And I want you to remember something that excuses, they just don't cut it. Excuses don't change anything. They may make you feel better, but they don't change things. Jesus takes away the excuses for not following You know, I wonder today, what's been your excuse for not following Christ? Because you're too busy? Work's too demanding? You know, family, schedule, it's just too hectic. Try and fit God in when I can. Tragedy? You know, what is it? Is it your past? Is it an addiction? Is it a divorce? Is it a bankruptcy? Is it a relational mess? You know, is it some sexual battle? Some moral failing? I mean, I don't know what it is, but what's what's your excuse? Jesus' invitations, wide open. No qualifications. Come as you are. Come as you are. And this church is going to be prepared. It's going to be ready for what can happen when... A church says anyone and means anyone. If anyone will come, the fact is, when anyone comes, things get messy. If anyone shows up, it means you got to deal with the unwritten codes. It means you will be forced out of your comfort zone. It means that you will rub shoulders with people that are different than you. Different backgrounds, different social circles, different perspective on life, different re- recreational activities, and sometimes that stuff's off the charts, by the way. It means you've got to connect with people that dress totally different than yours. Maybe confusing, maybe annoying. But anyone means anyone. It means you got to connect with people that are difficult to connect with and even harder to love. But anyone means anyone. And friends, I want to tell you followers. Followers will break down the walls, followers will trash the unwritten codes followers will welcome anyone, anyone into God's family. And I know some are tempted to go, wait a minute, you you can't just open the church up to anyone. You can't just tolerate anything. Well, friends, I'm not talking about condoning sin and going, oh, that's okay, do whatever you want to do. But as Christians, you know, the Bible calls us to a higher standard, but Jesus' invitation, it's to anyone which means you start where people are. You meet people where they're at, with pasts that maybe are off the charts, with, with things that are embarrassing to, to hear, maybe make us a bit uncomfortable. But you meet them where they're at. Fans? Fans don't know what to do with that. They don't know how to handle people that are different. In fact... Fans would prefer to just not know. Keep your distance. Fact is, keep it comfortable, keep things shallow, keep things superficial. But followers, followers listen. Followers embrace broken people. Followers Get involved in people's lives, and although sin may be really messy, they're open arms. Friends, it is about movement in people's lives. It's about movement at the point that someone accepts the invitation, moving from, from casual to a committed follower of Jesus Christ, a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about movement. If anyone isn't welcome, if everyone is welcome, and that is what it is, it's anyone but it's everything. Jesus' invitation makes it clear that you can come and follow. He makes it clear that when you choose to follow, it is for anyone. But it's everything at that point. It's everything. When the Talmud, the, the, the student, the follower, accepted to follow, to follow the rabbi in school, they, they would leave their homes. They would leave their jobs. They'd leave their friends. They'd leave their family. Everything. They'd leave it all behind to follow. The rabbi. Literally, anywhere and everywhere they followed. They would become a reflection of the rabbi. And so I need a volunteer to help me a little bit here. Someone volunteer? You go, what am I volunteering for? Come on, volunteer. Come here, Colby. Come up here. Yeah, give him a hand for coming up. Colby and I, we play hoops together. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something really tough, because you usually don't stick with me. I'm, you know, but I want you to stick with me this morning. I'm always ahead of you. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's your dream. <laughs> what, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to follow me, okay? I want you to do what I do. I want you to imitate me. Okay, All right. <laughs> All right, here, here's the deal. So if a rabbi was going to the Jerusalem mall, the student would follow. You can, you can stay up here with me. Go ahead. <laughs> Boy, were you good at Simon Says as a kid? You don't know. So, so if the rabbi was, was traveling to another town, the student would travel. <laughs> and if someone was sick in the area and they rushed over to be with them, the stu- that was pretty fast. That was faster than the ball court, wasn't it? <laughs> but everywhere that the rabbi went, the follower would go. And they, they would really, down to almost the T, follow Everything. So in other words, rabbi, it was time to go to bed. The follower would go to bed. You're pretty good at this. So, Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> He's actually a good, good ball player, so um, I'll give him that. To follow the rabbi. To follow Jesus, it was a huge sacrifice. It cost even more to follow Jesus. Because Jesus didn't have a home. His students would follow, they became homeless also. Because they were following him. Jesus decides that he is going to go where people are. So we find him in rooms with hookers and thieves. And the student followed. When Jesus would decide that he wasn't going to run from persecution, the students followed. In fact, they were willing to die with him. Anyone was welcome to follow Jesus. But friends, it was everything. It was everything. You know, a story in Luke 18. There's this young, successful guy. I think he wanted to kind of reassure himself that he was a follower. And he approaches Jesus one day and he says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And I think the way he asked the question kind of exposed him. What must I do? What must I do? And I think Jesus sized up this young, successful young guy. And I think Jesus was trying to figure out fan or follower here. He says, Let me see if I understand your question right. You want to end up in heaven. But it sounds like what you're asking me is you're looking for a very low investment. You know, minimal risk. Am I right? Is that that what you want? And so this rich young ruler, as we know him as, says, yes, what must I do? And it's really interesting. You can read the, the story later. But Jesus says, well, first for starters, let's talk the Ten Commandments here. No lying, no stealing, no adultery, no dishonoring your parents. All the commandments you need to be living them perfectly. This young guy, I love it. He goes, done that. Next. I imagine Jesus was laughing inside. He goes, done that. No kidding, really? Perfectly. All ten commandments. This young man, he, he must have been a class act. He goes, yeah, all of them since I was a youth. <laughs> How many of you got kids? <laughs> I mean, it's comical. It's comical, but this young man makes that claim nonetheless. He just makes it. He goes, yep, done them all. And, and so Jesus... At that point, he knows exactly what he's dealing with. He's like, what else am I, do I got to do besides the Ten Commandments? He goes, well, you know, it sounds like you got almost everything. You got most of it. But Jesus says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven then come follow me. And suddenly, that young man gets really quiet. It's one of the saddest stories in Scripture. You can see the, his face kind of go pale. And this rich young ruler has to decide, fan or follower? considers the options and then he walks away. People ask me all the time about the, the scripture. They'll say, does that mean you've got to sell everything to become a Christian? I can't answer that. Here's what I know. That For this young man, this was the thing that got in his way and kept him from following Jesus. That's what I know. And so for him, it was the obstacle. And I would ask you, what is it that keeps you from following Jesus Christ? Because Jesus invites everyone. He invites you to follow, to become one of his students. And when he says anyone, he means anyone. No qualifications, no prerequisites, just where you are. In other words, you have no excuses. Invitations extended to anyone and everyone. But it's everything. Everything. Question is: Are you ready to follow? I challenge you to think about that this week. Are you ready to follow? Now, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping before we close in prayer. And uh, I had several people have asked me, "Can you still get in a small group?" Because we started last week, and yes, you can. And in fact. Uh, we we have kind of adjusted things and, you know, our small groups are on Sunday night and Tuesday night. And so what we're going to do, the video that we showed last week, last week's video, we will show before sessions uh, tonight and Tuesday night. So at 4.15, if you haven't been and you want to come, we're going to show the video we showed last week. All right. And at 6.15 on Tuesday, you can come at 6.15 and watch the video from last week, and then classes will be just like they were before. We'll watch the, video, the second video together, break up into small groups. Now, to, some of you may be going, well, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Raise your hand if you were in a small group last week, if you were here. All right, all right. There you go. Those, Keep your hands up for a second. Those are people you can talk to. You go, I don't know if it's worthwhile going... Talk to them. Seriously, it was exciting, and uh, you can put your hands down and uh, just catch them and go, "Hey, what, what's this all about? What are you talking about?" And then, if if you're interested, sign up at the info desk and uh, be here early Sunday, to today at 4:15, or Tuesday at 6:15. If you were here last week, come at your normal. Come at the normal time. You don't don't come early unless you just want to watch it again. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. And God, we thank you that you meant anyone. And God, I remember that day that I stepped across. You took me where I was. And God, what joy I have seen throughout my ministry, throughout my life, people that they just started following. Life's in shambles, broken. But when you said anyone, you meant anyone. God, I thank you for the way you transform us, you change us. You you help us to become the people you created us to be. God, I know that um, there are some that need to step across that line today. God, I pray you just press on them. They'd catch someone that they'd just give their life to you. Because when you said anyone, you meant them. I mean each one of us. God, I thank you for all the opportunities you give us. Thank you for your grace, your forgiveness. It makes it all possible. It's in Christ's holy name we pray.